0: What's up, Dolphin fans, and welcome into the Tuesday, August the fourteenth edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, tempers flare on the practice field. We'll get you guys caught up on that and all of the news around Dolphins camp, as there is just one more day of practice open to the public. We discuss that as well as the wide receiver and cornerback room, and how a trade could answer some questions at both of those spots. But first. I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and leave us a review once you have done so. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at LinkfulNFL. The show is at LockdownFins. And of course, the number one blog in the Lockdown Network, lockdowndolphins.com, for all your daily written content needs. I am posting to the site almost every day, as well as Jason Harina, providing you guys with the written camp updates every single day. And of course, the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts, like the Lockdown Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and get to the news. All right, Miami! And as he does every day, the Mad Dog leads us into our news items, talking about injuries and potential signings and all of that fun stuff. The first one off the top of the ledger here, Bashad Breland came and went and no contract happened. It sounds like the Dolphins will stand pat at the position as he apparently is still not all the way back and fully healthy. And will they stand pat? At the cornerback position, we'll talk about that more a little bit later on in the podcast. Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker, both down today at practice, did not practice. Devontae Parker jammed his fingers at practice on Sunday, and Kenny Stills is still taking precautionary rest days nursing a soft tissue muscle that's acting up on him. This could be an opportunity for some of the younger guys further down the depth chart to step up and make their names heard. Jake Brundole is still down. William Hayes is still down. Mike Hull won't be around for a while. And Frank Gore was gifted a Veterans Day Off. It was a busy, heated day at practice today. So let's go ahead and get right into it. That's another Miami Dolphins. And right off the jump, we have some... Somewhat breaking news on the podcast here. I'm recording this podcast late on Monday evening. Gabe Wright, the defensive tackle number 98 in his second year with the Dolphins, his fourth year as a pro was released from the Dolphins stemming from an issue where he had a big role in a melee at Dolphins practice on Monday. And that melee was described to me like this. The defense was challenging the offense all day, getting the best of them, holding them, grabbing them, pulling them to the ground, making it difficult for anything to get done on offense. Even though the offense was having a success day moving the football, they started getting grabby and chippy, and the offense had had enough, and that's when things really took it to the next level beyond chippy. Kalen Balazs and Cam Wake were involved in a dust-up where they had an animated discussion between the two and had to be separated. This is according to Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post, and Balazs was taken to the ground on a certain play prior to that, and when these guys get taken down to the ground when it's not full pads, they don't take too kindly to that because it's supposed to be kind of a lesser contact type of practice and going down to the ground only offers the opportunity to get hurt you're always talking about affecting guys livelihoods and the long term of their career which is obviously a short lo- short shelf life and these guys don't take too kindly to being dusted up like that in practice and then Sonoris Perry and Anthony Moten the four-string running back and the fifth or sixth string defensive tackle had a dust up that lured in Gabe Wright and starting running back Kenyon Drake And after things settled down a little bit, it sounds like Gabe Wright threw an elbow at Kenyon Drake, a cheap shot across his bow, and things picked back up from there. So Gabe Wright, he's gone. And it's somewhat ironic that he gets cut for something that Anthony Moten may have started because Moten was very, very impressive with the third and fourth teams on Thursday night in the preseason opener against Tampa Bay. Had a very good showing at the defensive tackle spot. And now he appears on the fast track for possibly a practice squad spot. And this should only help him increase his workload, which will allow him to increase his opportunity to fulfill that role on the practice squad and maybe have an impact on this team as soon as 2019. Maybe by the end of the year, who knows? But nonetheless, Gabe Wright gone. It is day 13 of camp guys are starting to hit their breaking point. This happens literally every year at every training camp across the NFL. Dow Loggins described this as, you know, these guys are tired of hitting each other every single day. They want to hit somebody else. So hopefully you see a more spirited effort on Friday night against the Carolina Panthers. And to remind you guys again, we'll have you covered from that game from front to back against the Carolina Panthers. The Pre-game report, the post-game report, everything for you guys up on LockedOnDolphins.com as we are wont to do every single day on the podcast here. And just a couple of more notes from practice earlier on Monday morning. It sounds like Jawan James was sent on a lap after he jumped off a false start. Jumped off sides on a false start, I should say. Offensive line coach Jeremiah Washburn had hit his breaking point as well. So things are starting to kind of come to a head. These guys are really getting to the point of camp where they're sick of doing this stuff and they want the season just to get here. So Jawan James getting disciplined. And speaking of discipline, I heard that there was an ESPN segment that tore Ryan Tannehill up for his actions regarding Kalen Balazs on Sunday's practice. And I just thought it was kind of a double standard or an interesting dichotomy regarding the Dolphins quarterback because I've heard about Tom Brady kicking a football or sending a player to the locker room. Whatever it is, his leadership role has always been lauded and applauded for just being Tom Brady and the GOAT. And obviously these guys are judged on two different planes. I'm not trying to compare Ryan Tannehill to Tom Brady but it's just funny that Tom Brady gets all that praise for doing something. Ryan Tannehill does the exact same thing, and the praise goes in the opposite direction, saying that he doesn't have control of this team or he doesn't have the right to do that. Who is he to make those moves? Well, he's a seventh year veteran quarterback that is the leader and the absolute man in charge of this football team. So I'm glad that he did it. I'm glad it's getting this public, you know, national news that it is because. Tannehill has this false narrative around him that he's a bad leader, not a guy that players gravitate towards, which has been proven false time and time again. And speaking of Ryan Tannehill, before we get out of here for our first break, sounds like he was knocked down twice at practice on Monday, which in hindsight can be kind of encouraging, although you don't want to see your quarterback going to the ground. But it's not like I was worried about Tannehill at this point, but I think you can really put the worry over his knee aside. He doesn't appear to have any more risk than any other player on the field add another injury to the knee or whatever it might be and given his first five years in the league when he was completely indestructible unless something crazy happens again like Calais Campbell falling on his knee again I think we'll be okay all right guys we have some more notes here from training camp plus the wide receiver and cornerback room potentially shaking out and becoming a little more transparent for us we'll do that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast but first a word from our friends at Vivid Seats. This edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last a lifetime. Vivid Seats offers great prices for NFL games and all live events, and with the NFL returning in September, Locked On listeners can receive a 10% discount off their first purchase with Vivid Seats. Just go to VividSeats.com or download the podcast and enter promo code Locked On. That is one-word promo code Locked On. The offer is good through the end of August and is for new customers only. And all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100%. Guarantee this season. Don't just sit around watching the Dolphins from home when you can be at Hard Rock Stadium in the crowd, cheering the team on in person. Thanks to Vivid Seats, once again, that offer code for 10% off your first purchase order is locked on. One word: locked on. New customers only. Offer good through the end of August. Go to VividSeats.com or download the app and enter promo code Locked On. The off season is over. The NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. Rolling on into segment two, and at the top of the show, I mentioned Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker both missing practice on Monday, August the 13th. And in their absence, Albert Wilson slides right into that role vacated by Kenny Stills, while JaKeem Grant finds himself getting the call for the injured Devontae Parker. And that just barks right up the same tree that I was clamoring over for Grant to get more reps Then Devontae Parker, not just in the preseason, but when the season actually kicks off for real on September the 9th. Hell, I was even on ESPN radio yesterday morning, or excuse me, Sunday morning, and I said the exact same thing to those guys there on 790 The Ticket, ESPN South Florida. And Armando Salguero wrote an article And the entire article was based upon Devontae Parker's immaturity and his disappointing career so far. And Parker gets himself right into the mentions on Twitter and posts these crying, laughing emojis, once again just proving the guy does not understand what it takes to be a professional going after media members and getting himself involved in stuff that would only serve to distract him as a professional. And as for the on-field impact... I asked for an elevation for Isaiah Ford and Francis Owusu, and I imagine we'll get that now on Friday night against the Carolina Panthers. Look for Wilson and Grant to start the game with Danny Amendola, and then the next two guys up being Ford and Francis, getting themselves an opportunity to prove they belong on the 53-man roster. And this is a great opportunity for them that being Ford and Francis, to play more, but also an opportunity for the Dolphins to rid themselves of Devontae Parker and getting him off the roster after all of this up-and-down disappointment, all these press conferences and coaches having to come out and say, Parker's looking better, he's working harder, all this stuff you don't get with players that are good professionals that do what they're supposed to do every single day. And speaking of trading off Devontae Parker, the Dolphins were unable to sign Brashad Breland today, meaning that he is either not healthy or just not the guy they want to have right now. And they might be back in the cornerback market. And that brings up the idea that maybe they might have to find a way to get creative and make a trade to find that cornerback to settle in opposite Xavier Howard because it sounds like outside of Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain. They aren't too comfortable with what they have at the position, and Bobby McCain once again working outside at practice. He's playing very well out there. He played very well out there last season in spot duty, albeit 56 reps according to our friends over at Pro Football Focus on the outside, and one thing you guys have to remember, just because he plays on the outside and base when there's only two cornerbacks on the field, that doesn't mean he's not going to still play the slot when they go nickel. He kicks right inside to nickel. You bring Cordrea Tankersley onto the field, and he'll play those 20 25 to 30 percent of the reps on the outside, and McCain just becomes a 100 percent snap taker opposed to being a 70 to 75 percent nickel cornerback. So, just please understand that. Don't ask me on Twitter why you want to move McCain from the slot. He still plays the slot when there's a slot to cover, but when there isn't, he plays the outside because he's your second best cornerback and you've got to get the best players on the field. What this says about Cordrea Tankersley just means maybe he hasn't set his game up quite enough to a level where they feel comfortable and the Dolphins might have to explore options outside of the roster because, you know, the Torrey McTire news was fun to run with for a couple of days, but let's be honest about what he is and he looked good in spot duty as a rookie, an undrafted free agent rookie in 2017. But do you really feel comfortable? Like if Torrey McTire was starting for the New York Jets or the Buffalo Bills or the New England Patriots, would you look at that spot and say, wow, they got that spot locked up? No, you wouldn't. You'd say that's a guy we attack every single play because he is the weak link. And I'm not trying to dog Torrey McTire. I'm just talking about the opponent's perception of what this defense and what this team are because every single team will look at the starting roster for the Miami Dolphins before they play them. And they're going to try to pick out guys they can attack, guys they can exploit, guys that can get into unfavorable matchup problems. And they'll go after them. That's what NFL coaches do. That's why they're paid the big bucks to do what they do. And that's what everybody in the league will do to the Dolphins. So who are these potential trade partners you could try to find a cornerback in return for? Because I think it's going to have to be Devontae Parker. You might be able to toss Andre Branch out there. But once again, his contract and the level of money he is owed for this season and frankly it's it's just not really tenable for the dolphins to move andre branch because of what he is owed. And once again, they can get out of that contract after this season, and I imagine they will do so because Andre Branch, while he is a formidable sub-package or rotational pass rusher, a guy that can come off the bench and give you a rush in the fourth quarter, he's definitely not worthy of a $9 million a year starting mid-level defensive end type of money that he's getting. Once again, Mike Tannenbaum dishing out that contract and then immediately having him replaced by Charles Harris and Robert Quinn in the future. So the Dolphins will have to finagle some room There, But we're going to talk more about Devontae Parker and some potential trade partners for the receiver on the other side of the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkful NFL at Locked On Fins. Cranking it back up for the third segment here of the Locked On Dolphins podcast for August the 14th, Tuesday. One more day of practice remaining to talk about on tomorrow's podcast as well as the Twitter mailbag. But first, let's go ahead and talk about these potential trade partners If the Dolphins were to decide to move on from Devontae Parker, something I have been talking about almost the entire offseason, it seems, Devontae Parker potentially being on the outs, and it goes back to, I think it was March of 2017 when I tweeted something about Devontae Parker not being long for the roster. He hops on Twitter, tells me to fuck off about it, and that was kind of where my legacy began as a Dolphins coverage guy. I got a lot of crap for that on Twitter back then, but my disdain for Parker and what he is as a player has continued to grow from there as he has continued to detach himself from football and from being a dominant professional that he possibly could have been with all of that talent so now here we are on August 14th 2018 talking about potential trade partners for cornerbacks that could come over in exchange for Devontae Parker and you have to look at these teams' back end of the cornerback depth chart because they're not going to give up a starter for Devontae Parker for one year of Devontae Parker, potentially a fifth-year option at $9 bucks in 2019, and then extending him beyond that for a guy that hasn't shown a propensity for being a professional and a guy for being prepared to get himself in the right position to succeed as a pro. So I wrote down five teams with a couple of players on them that I think could be intriguing to the Dolphins. There's not a lot of connection here. I'd maybe looked at guys they were connected to in the pre-draft process or guys that were from former teams that some of our coaches had been on, that type of thing. Teams that need receivers, at least in that mold. So I put down five teams. I put down, I think I got six corners on this list. So let's go ahead and start with Dow Loggins, former team in Chicago, the Chicago Bears. And one of the things I looked at on these cornerbacks that I picked were, are they... Do they fit the prototype for what Miami wants to do? And yeah, the Dolphins have kind of strayed from that a little bit, but I think still deep down at their core, they prefer six foot plus corners, guys that are long, guys that can grab and get physical and challenge routes right off the line of scrimmage. So with the Bears, second year corner, or third year corner, I should say Marcus Cooper, he is six foot two, a name that I would probably circle if I was Miami looking at trying to trade Devontae Parker and the Bears they might not have as big of a receiver need as they did in the past but then again they are relying on guys like Kevin White to finally get healthy and produce for them up next the Cincinnati Bengals we've always had connections to the Bengals and their players I think part of that was the Kevin Coyle connection I realize he is no longer here but Kavari Russell is buried on that depth chart behind three or four pretty good corners for the Bengals he fits that mold again a longer player and the Bengals did release Brandon LaFell earlier this offseason making me think they might need another big body opposite A.J. Green to go along with Tyler Boyd as well as John Ross, the man made out of glass from the University of Washington. Up next, the Indianapolis Colts. They aren't super deep at corner but they do have a couple of guys they like and Quincy Wilson there, a guy that I thought Miami would be intrigued by in 2017. But they're not going to give up on Quincy Wilson, obviously. And they could use a big-body guy next to T.Y. Hilton there. So I put Pierre Desir, another 6-foot-plus cornerback that could possibly be interesting for Miami to take a look at. The Philadelphia Eagles are very deep at almost every position, it seems. They have a trade history there with Jay Ajayi last season. And they have a guy coming off a pretty significant injury in Sidney Jones. But also the fellow second-year player, super. Rousseau- Douglas, he kind of falls back in line behind the depth chart there. He could have a ticket out of Philadelphia via a trade if the Eagles wanna go ahead and dip it their toe into the Devontae Parker sweepstakes. And then lastly, because of the name, because of the wide receiver need, I don't think they would trade this guy or even you know consider going that route. But the Cowboys are always a team that gets themselves involved in these discussions. They love themselves some Roy Williams back in the day. The Des Bryant saga is played out at this point. So what if they want to give us a Jordan Lewis from Michigan for Devontae Parker? And Jordan Lewis had a great rookie year, so I doubt that would happen. Miami would have to probably send more compensation back in their direction to make that happen. But the Steven Ross connection does not hurt there either. So... Is Devontae Parker going to get traded? I doubt it, but if he does, cornerback seems to be the direction they would go for and possibly even toss in, I don't know, some throwaway names, some throwaway draft picks, whatever it is, I expect the Dolphins to be a little bit active at the end of all this is said and done, but like I said, how can I possibly predict what's going to happen at this point? We'll find out more as the games go along. We are still a couple of weeks away from that happening. We'll have today's camp report, Tuesdays, of course, on tomorrow's podcast, plus a Twitter mailbag for you guys. If I don't start that thread for the mailbag on Twitter pretty early on on Tuesday morning, please hit me up and let me know you want to get a question in for the Wednesday show mailbag because sometimes I forget to post it up there, and by the time I do, it is too late. But as for this edition of the podcast, that will do it for us. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams, follow me on Twitter. It's at Linkful NFL, The show is at LockedOnFins. And keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.